All right, welcome back. Episode seven. Man, that's almost two months worth of episodes. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Eight episodes would be, yeah. So, I mean, this I wasn't is awesome. doubting you. I was just no, like, I know, wow. So, I, know, I think I started, <laughs> when you said it, I started doubting myself. No. I uh, hope you're enjoying these. We are having a blast um, doing these. Um, at some point, we might need to do a new picture, add cat. I don't know, or we'll just keep my picture up. So <laughs> no, whatever. no, because you're no? the main person. Okay, so. well, I well, I'm just here for so fun sweet. times. <laughs> well, you are making these so great because I somebody was talking to me the other day and said it makes it more enjoyable to listen to because it sounds like there's a dialogue happening yeah. instead of like a mini sermon, right? Which not that that's bad, but I think my heart behind. What I wanted was, let's say, it sounds like me and you are talking at a coffee shop and somebody's like, oh, I want to hear what they're saying, right. or eavesdropping like you do, do when that. we're at restaurants. Oh my gosh, yes, the other do. day I was at a restaurant <laughs> with Alicia and then some of the ladies that are work with us, and there was a guy behind me talking about his bow hunting, and he said something about a bear on a hill, and I was like leaning back trying yeah. to hear what he was saying, and they were like, you're really creepy, and I was like, but Yeah, talking. and ignoring me, and you hate I that. Know, I know, yeah. I'm so sorry. For a conversation that you weren't even in. Oh, well. That's fine. All right, well, today's episode is a doozy because I kind of want to hit on this. And uh, so today's episode is The Devil Keeps Coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I I think in all the years of counseling people, you know, because I've been in ministry, my gosh, in some type of capacity since I was 15 years old. And so the older I got, the more I, I would say counseling sometimes, you know, with people, um, a lot of people's biggest frustration, I think, is they think that God is just sitting around just like going, yeah, devil, go get them. Yeah, do this, <laughs> go do this, or have, have, fun. At, have at this. And so I kind of want to um, break down some things because, one, I think people can view that the fact that the devil keeps coming after them as a direct reflection that somewhere their relationship with God is not right. Um, which I do, yeah, there are times that I've realized in my life that it's it's as if the devil has a key to my house. So I've realized somewhere I've allowed something. But the majority of the time, I would say it's not, that's not the case. It's the enemy, he's always going to be coming. And I don't think we actually understand that. It's, you know, when I watch a football game, I've never seen the offense go, I don't know why the defense keeps coming at me. I don't know why these guys keep running at me. Why do they keep trying to take the ball? Why are they attacking me? Right. Why are they tackling me? You understand that. And I think if we had a better understanding of the game we're playing in yeah. a sense of this there is an enemy, and he's constantly coming for us. And so um, I want to start with 1 Peter 5, 6 through 10. I'm going to read it out of the ESV, and it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your ex and anxieties, wow, I can't talk, <laughs> on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. And so so understand he he's he's telling you how to live. And then he's letting you know, here's what's happening. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his external glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. There is so much in this scripture, yeah. and I want to break it down for a minute. Okay, so we always, 
will probably hit on context. So I love, everybody quotes the scripture all the time, you know, the adversary, the devil, he's, you know, seeking who who he can devour. Okay, but God is actually telling you firsthand, hey, before I even get to to that point to let you know the enemy is going to be attacking you, I need you to humble yourself under me so that I can exalt you at the proper time, but I also need you to cast all anxiety because I care for you. And that is what we're supposed to do first. And then he's making you aware in the midst of doing this, in the midst of being right, in the midst of living right, the enemy is coming around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Okay, so what is God saying? God's saying, even if you're doing all the things right, he's still coming at you. And I think a lot of times in our Christian walk, we assume if I'm reading enough, praying enough, worshiping enough, going to church enough, the enemy will leave me alone. Right. In all actuality, the more spiritual you're becoming, the more the enemy hates you. Right. Okay? Yeah. And I don't think people put that... I don't know if they think that way. And right. I mean, I, I don't think I did. I think growing up as a Christian, I always thought if I dotted all the right I's and I crossed all the correct T's mm-hmm. because they're a crosses, you know, so it's <laughs> spiritual, that if I did all the right things, the enemy, I was untouchable. Right. Jesus himself was not untouchable. Yeah. So good. what made me, where did I come up with this? So I've really spent the last few years really going, okay, so where do we need to start from? I think we need to start from the fact of understanding that the enemy is in control of this world. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple scriptures to back that up. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, in whose case the God of the world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, God of this world. We also, John 5, 19 says this, we know we are of God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one is what the Bible says. Okay, so, and then let's go all the way to Matthew 4, where we know the temptation of Jesus happens. Do we not remember that one of the temptations was if you bow before me, I'll give you this world? You cannot give something you do not own. That's so good. That is like mind blowing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, it kind of—it's like it's like right there, and you don't even see it. Yes, because like I I can say, "Would you like a Tahoe?" I own a Tahoe, but if I told you, "Would I'm going to give you a Tesla?" Because you know me, another minivan. Okay, (laughs) you and minivans, whatever. If I say I've got, you know, do you want? I can't offer you something I do not own. That's so good. The enemy was offering Jesus something. What Jesus knew that he could do was, I am not going to give in to this temptation to have control of this world. What I'm doing is I know my assignment is to die for this world. Right. So in the long run, I can redeem it. Having control of the world wouldn't have redeemed all of us. Oh, that's so good. Okay. And that's such like, like if you think about it, like Jesus, like if the devil truly brought things to Jesus that were actually a temptation, because that's what it said, he tempted Jesus, like that was a temptation. It could have been like, hey, you don't have to die. Just be the God of this world. That's a legit temptation right there. And that's wild. And he was like, no, I'm going to die instead. And I think that that was because I think it's, it was an easier out. Right. This would be easier. The devil will always give you an easy out. Yes. A hundred percent. And he's going to always keep coming. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to this scripture and we know that the Bible says after it says he's, he, devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, resist him, firm in your faith. 
And then this is where I think this is so good. God's telling you, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood. Where in the world did I ever think that if I did everything correctly, I would not suffer? God is literally saying, hey, and please know that there are suffering. It's being experienced by other people. One, I don't think there are enough people in the church that are authentic and genuine and real about what they're facing. It's one of the reasons why... I, as a pastor, or even as a youth pastor, I was like this, even you know, as a podcaster. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I want to be as open and honest about the things that I've dealt with, I've struggled with, because I think what God is saying is, hey, know this, the same kind of suffering are being experienced by brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. We have to remind ourselves the devil's always coming, but God always has a response. Yeah. And I don't think that we take time to step back and go, okay, I'm going to, from here on out, realize the enemy is never going to relent. He's going to be relentless, but so am I. Yeah. So am I and so is God. Because what God is saying is, I always have a response. I always have something to respond to what the enemy is doing to you. Right. And coming at you. The problem is, we don't take it to God because the enemy has convinced us it's God. Right, yeah. We won't say that it is, but we will say things like, God let my loved one die, or God let this happen, or God let this happen. You have to show me that scripturally. Yeah. Because when I look biblically at the word of God, I'm seeing that the enemy is in control, and what God is saying is, listen, there will be trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. The enemy is a roaring lion. He is looking. Who can I devour? And here's the real truth. The enemy is aware of what's working on you by how you talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. <laughs> what is it saying? Of either one. Yeah. The enemy knows what attacks are working because he is very aware of how you're responding to what he's sending. And I don't think we realize that. I think we think, oh, I've got to pretend or I've got to say the right. No, he is he's very aware of your demeanor, mm-hmm. of, of your agitations, your anxieties, your fear. And he goes, oh, good, this is working. So, so the enemy himself is not all powerful the way that God is, where God is omniscient. He can be everywhere at once. He, he is, the devil cannot do that. Right. Okay. So he's got to pick and choose where he's attacking or where I would say he's sending his little minions. Yeah. Okay. And one of the, the most eye-opening books that I think C.S. Lewis ever wrote was Screwtape Letters because it, man, if you can even get it on Audible, it's so powerful. And the book is all written based on a younger demon getting instructions from a more experienced demon on how to attack this person. And you really can see intricacies of how the enemy operates. I think the way C.S. Lewis, his mind, the way it worked, it's like he can write a book like Weight of Glory, but then he can write the Chronicles of Narnia. It's just mind-blowing. But Screwtape Letters is phenomenal, and having an understanding of that. Frank Peretti also wrote This Present Darkness, where it's a whole town where you're getting an inside view of how the enemy's voice is getting into people's heads and causing them to think and feel certain things. 
So going back to the fact that God can be in all places, one, the enemy can't. So what he has to do is he's, he's trying to figure out, that's why he says, I'm like a roaring lion. I'm just looking at who I can devour. And when he feels like he's getting close to someone, he keeps pressing in harder. And I think what we, what we have to really take time to process or really take time to see is, am I actually fueling the enemy's attacks against my life? Yeah. Because of how I'm responding. Am I responding from a place of, okay, I'm aware the enemy is going to attack me. Like if I know that, like I'm going back to a sports analogy, the whole job of whatever sports team is getting ready to play, you know, we just had March Madness. They would study how their opponents played so they knew what to come. They knew what I need to work on this. Take even UFC fighters. They will watch their opponent fight so they know how do I need to combat how this person is going to come at me? Are they going to try to take me down on the mat? Are they going to try to high kick me? What is this going to look like? I don't think we truly understand our adversary. I think that's why God spends time. Hey, this is what he's going to do. He's looking who devoured. He's doing this. So beforehand, I'm going to tell you, humble yourself. Why? Because you've got to stay at a place that you can constantly hear my voice. When you're trying to prove how spiritual you are, you're not at a place where you're that you can receive the grace of God. Right. But God's going, even after the enemy comes at you and you have suffered a little while, I want you to understand that me, the God of all grace, and I've called you to eternal glory. Understand, you are not stuck here. This yeah. is not, your life is but just a speck yeah. of what's truly going to happen. But after that, I'm going to restore you, confirm. I'm going to strengthen and I'm going to establish you. What is he saying? Even after the the moments of suffering, the, the times where you feel like I have left you, just understand I'm getting ready to breathe on you. It's going to restore you. It's going to confirm to you who I am. I'm going to bring strength like you won't believe. And I'm going to establish you even higher than you were before. Yeah. The Bible says when Jesus was tempted, after he said no to the enemy three times, it says the angels came and ministered to him. Why? Because that's what God does. Not only does he do it for Jesus, he'll do it for us. And I think we just, we find ourselves in a place where we feel abandoned by God and throughout his word, he's letting us know, I'm not abandoning you. I'm the one that can bring you an answer, but you've got, you almost have to go through the temptation, the trial, the suffering first, because we have to, Jesus had to say no three times in order for the angel to come. Why? Because that was the attack the enemy wanted to do. The angels weren't going to come and minister to Jesus after the first temptation because the devil wasn't done. God's smart enough to know. But when the enemy starts to give up, that's when God goes, good, now I get to step in. Right. Now I get to come and confirm and restore and strengthen and establish you in a way you've never been established. Right. And I think it's really important that a lot of times when we feel like the, there's an absence of God is when he's even like closer to us. He's not so, shouting yes. at us anymore. And something that I went through a while ago, I was just like, man, I just feel like I'm in a fog or something. Like there's just like, I can't see what's in front of me. I don't know what's my next step. I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I kept hearing it in my head. Um, there's this book by Charles Dickens that's called Bleak House, and the opening line is fog everywhere. And it's just talking about how there's fog in the streets, fog in the houses, everywhere. Yeah. And I was just like, that's my life right now. <laughs> and then one Sunday, Courtney um, like was singing, and then she kind of was like talking a little bit, and she was like, I just feel like God's presence is so thick in here. And God immediately spoke to me like, he was like, like fog? And I was like, 
Oh my gosh. So the one thing that I thought was obstructing me from God, he he was like, I am the fog. I am surrounding you. And so I feel like it's so important to know that like, even in these moments when we feel so alone, we're never alone. He's always there type of thing. Yes. And I don't think that we constantly grab a hold of the understanding that he is our, he is our helper. Yeah. And he is constantly waiting for us to call on him. Yeah. And, but he's also, I I don't think we realize that he's waiting for us to ask. The Bible says, man, I need you to knock. Mm -hmm. I need you to seek, but I'll be there. Right. But you've got to come for me. You've got to come with everything, with everything inside of you, with all the frustration, with all the anger, with all the questions and lay at his feet. I mean, we've said that in past podcasts that God is just saying, I need you to bring it to me. Yeah. <laughs> we can't fix anything if we don't know like what's yes. the, what's going on. Yes. And I don't, I, and when I, when I say, I don't feel like we don't, I'm, I'm talking more about myself. So maybe, you know, maybe you're listening to no, this and for you, you, you haven't figured out, which is awesome. You need to do a podcast um, <laughs> because I don't have it. Um, I just think that we've got to come to a place that we stop blaming God. You know, you said there's these moments where we can feel that God is so absent, but that's the enemy's goal. I mean, I think that's what Jesus was dealing with the most in Matthew 4, was feeling the absence of God being there. And I think in the moments when we're fighting against the enemy, we do feel alone. But then when you see immediately, they came to minister to him immediately. I just, I don't know how much more to say. God is always waiting with a response. Yeah. I mean. But I also think it's so important that Jesus was by himself for 40 days before the enemy came. And it's like, he... It was not, I wouldn't say it was easier for him to, you know, say no to the devil, but I feel like he had more clarity of like, yeah. like maybe if the devil came yeah. on day one or something like that, but the devil was like, I'm going to wait till he's super weak with hunger. Yes. And Jesus was like, I've been with my father this whole time. I've yeah. been, so it's like, I feel like sometimes we're, it's easier to resist um, what the enemy's saying when we're quiet and when we're yeah. with God and we're yeah. spending that time with him yeah. um, because we can hear him clearly. Yeah. But I think you made such a good point. I really think the enemy thought, I'm coming mm-hmm. when he's weak. But what is so incredible about that is we know that God says, in your weakness, I am made yeah. strong in you. Yeah, that's So good. it's yeah. like in those moments, it it's like the opposite. I was preaching um, at our youth ministry last night, and it's like we— you know, we, I, I was asking the kids, have you ever seen Stranger Things, you know? And I said, it's kind of like the kingdom of God is the upside down world. Everything is different. In your weakness, he's made strong. Yeah. You know, um, I was I was sharing the story in Judges 6 where Gideon is in the wine press. And when he comes and um, he's, he's, he's talking and, and the angel comes to him and says, hey, mighty man of valor, you know? And he's like, who are you talking to? Like, you know, surely like not surely me. not me. You know, and Gideon's first response is he's almost frustrated. He's like, where have you been? Like, we were brought out of Egypt and then you left us here. And the angel doesn't even respond to that. He begins to tell Gideon what he sees in him and that he's the one that's going to bring about 
deliverance. And it it was incredible because Gideon's response is, and I, I really want to do a whole podcast on this because it's so powerful because I just saw this last week. Gideon's response in it was, I'm the weakest in my clan. I can't do this. And God's immediate response is, perfect. You're the one. Here yeah. you go and go with me. And I, I really feel like we think God uses us at the moment that we've gotten ourselves the strongest, but it's actually when we've gotten ourselves to be the most honest and vulnerable if I don't feel good enough. Right. I mean, for me to step out to do a podcast was me thinking, I don't think I can do this, but I just really, really want to. Yeah. And then the response has been, man, this has been awesome. And it's almost been shocking, but I think it's because I did come from a place of, my heart is in to do it, but I have no idea if I'm good at this or not. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm you're coming, fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. But I come from a place of, I just, I'm willing. And I think when we're honest with, I don't know if you're the one, uh, I, I don't know, God, if I'm the one you should choose and God goes perfect, you are because you are the one that was willing to say, I'm the least and now yeah. I can do the most with you. That's so good. And I think when we get to that place, God's going, that's what makes you so strong is your ability to say you're weak. Like, I think because that, that makes us lean on God yes. more, and that's what He wants. He doesn't yes. want us to be independent of Him. When we no. do that, it's like that's not faith. That's but where not, did we come up with that? Right. It's like, let's get to a certain level in our Christianity where we don't right. need God and we don't need to pray for anything. I know so many scriptures, I don't have to read the yeah, Bible anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think we're trying to get. I think, I think, and I don't know where it came from, so I'm not blaming anybody. Yeah. I think there. At some point, was there there was this process where we thought the the less I have to lean into God, the more spiritual I am. And God's almost like I've told you to be like a child. Well, I think of my two kids, and I've got a one year old and a six year old. Their level of what they need from me is different, but they both are dependent upon us. Right? You know, for for different things. And I think God's saying, I don't ever need you to get to a place where I am not valid in your life anymore, yeah. where you have me so figured out you don't even need me. Because I wouldn't do that with anybody else. I, I've i never heard of people getting so close to a friend that they're like, oh, we don't even have to hang out anymore. <laughs> but I feel like we do that with God. Yeah. You know, and I'll say this over and over and over again. I feel like when it comes to natural things, we use our brain. But when it comes to spiritual things, we don't. And we are idiots at right. times. Like, yeah. I think sometimes... In a bad way. I know the Bible says there are things that look foolish to the world. No, sometimes you really look like a fool. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, it's like, I don't know anywhere else where people are like, oh, yeah, I know this is what I need, but I'm not going to go there. And I feel like we know we desperately need God, but we want to feel spiritual enough that I don't have to ask Him for help. Right. And yet... That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, and I do feel like there was some kind of dialogue, like because I, I'm like, where were we getting this? Where it's like to be more spiritual means like you're not getting attacked. I just feel like that that was preached from the pulpit of like if the enemy's coming at you, yeah. then that something's wrong yes. and all this stuff. And it's like I do 100% believe that there are like open doors that yes. you can have all that kind of and stuff. And that's probably where, yes, it, it can was get a little from. murky yes. and confusing, but hey, you can ask God and be like, hey, yes. is there something that I'm letting yes. in or is this just something that I'm being attacked yes. with? And then oh, you can 100%. learn how to fight that way. Yeah. But sometimes we're just like, I'm getting attacked. I'm not going to talk to God. I'm going to peace out for a second yeah. and just, you know, <laughs> pretend like it's not happening yes, instead and, of asking. And wisdom is going to God. Wisdom is saying, okay, God, is there some, you know, because I mean, I've talked to people before and they're like, man, we started noticing there was a lot of fear in our house and we realized 
realize it was what we were watching or, yeah. and there, there are things like that, that God can show. But I also think just be under, understand the fact that if you are serving God, the enemy's coming. Yeah. The devil is coming at you. You know, I, I, I don't like that we have at times, I think, in the church world when people are getting saved, it's like, yes, you can live a life that is abundant. And yes, now you have somebody to lean to. But here's the whole thing. I'll say it this way. I've had people tell me before, I don't know how anyone could face a death, a miscarriage thing without God. That's the whole point is there will be suffering across the board. We just actually have someone that we can lean into that's going to come and restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. But we can't convince people if you serve God, life is perfect. If you serve God, you'll never deal with anything. And I think that's what's happened. And we would have droves of people come and want Jesus and want that. But then all of a sudden not realize how am I losing all my friends in the end? Well, yeah, because the the enemy now realizes, well, we're on opposite teams now. I don't like you. So I'm coming at you. And I think we have to have an understanding of the fact that he's not going to stop. The only time he's going to stop is at when the rapture and all of that takes place and he is sent in hell for the rest of his life. And he knows that you have to understand the enemy is quite well aware what is waiting for him. The same way Jesus knew this is what, this is the end result of what I need to do. The enemy has already been warned. It's in the Bible. He's aware. Yeah. God's not like, that's not happening. No. So he is taking as many as he can with him. And if he can get you to doubt, question the goodness of God, he feels like he's winning. So know, know how you're talking, you're letting him know. Know how you're reacting, you're letting him know if it's working. There are times where the enemy is attacking and I just start going, okay, that's it, devil, I take authority over you. You know, I think it was last week, I could feel resistance in the building as we were, you know, leading worship. And I thought, I'm going to use the authority that I know that I have as the worship leader to come against just the the hindrance of the enemy in that room. And you could feel things start to break because there's a responsibility each individual has to take. But I knew corporately that I had authority to take over what was happening in the spirit realm in that moment. And I think more people in the room don't realize how much authority they have, that they are room shifters, that they don't have to be on a stage to shift the room, that you're aware, man, the enemy's really trying. There's a lot of resistance here in this moment. Why? Because probably somebody was in that room. I mean, this is my honest opinion, believing for healing, believing for restoration, believing for something. And the enemy's like, oh crud, I don't want them to get this victory. So I'm going to start bringing doubt to as many people in this room as I can so that I can really quench the spirit of God, really stop that. So when we come in full of faith, full of going, okay, he's a good God no matter what's happened this week. Because I'm not I'm not giving God a pass like, oh, you did this to me, but you're still good. No, it's anything that has to do with kill, destroy, <laughs> bad things. That's all the enemy. Right. It's not God. And I think that it's important to understand. Like, I remember, it was funny because I was thinking about this other day, and it's like, I feel like it's so important to take authority over those situations and things where you know, like, I'm not going to let the devil do this. But then I also feel like it's important to know when not to have dialogue with the enemy. Like, when I was younger, I felt like I talked to the devil all the time, not like in a creepy way, but like, and I'm like, devil, you're not going to do this. Right, yes. I'm not going to cry today. (laughs) Like, I would have these conversations, and God's like, dude, I 
I already like defeated him. Why are you even talking to him? Right. So it's like, I feel like it's important to know, okay, I shouldn't even be talking to the devil about this. I should not be whining about this. Like I'm going to go to God and talk to him. hundred percent. And he already did everything for me anyways. So like, I don't, uh, he already defeated the devil. So we're good type of thing. But it's like knowing the difference of taking authority and then also taking that time of like, I don't need to talk to the devil. (laughs) I don't need to tell him things. Like we're good. No. And I think that's so true is I, I, I love that you said that because I want to end with that is the fact of understanding he's already been defeated. Yeah. And everything that we are waiting for, okay, when it comes to living in the kingdom of God, being in heaven, all those kind of things comes because the enemy's already been defeated. But we have to understand he's a ruler of this world. Yeah. So the things that he is doing to come against us, the things that he is doing is, can I wreak, I, I want to cause as much havoc and as much chaos as I can before he comes, because he doesn't even know when Jesus is coming. Right. See, understand the enemy, the only thing the enemy is aware of is I think he is very aware, this is my opinion, of when God is stirring and moving mm-hmm. because he was around the presence of God. He knows the presence of God. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's aware in a church service when faith begins to stir in a room. I think he's very aware because I think he can sense that. So all he knows to do is he's trying to do the same thing of, uh, that God does is I need to respond in this moment. Mm-hmm. But he responds with crap and just stuff that he can throw at people. He doesn't get to respond the way God can where it's strength and it's restoring. Yeah. He doesn't get to do those things. And I think that's why he tries to make his stuff seem real big and bad, but really it's not because at the end of the day, he has been defeated. Right. And I think I'll just end with this too, because I think that I love how you said, like, we already know the ending. And if yeah. you're one of those psychopaths that like look at the end of a book and read it. <laughs> and just it's called him a psychopath. Which I know one of my friends who actually does that. She was like, <laughs> I used to go to the back of the book, read the last page. And if I was like, I like that, then I'll start the book. But it's oh almost gosh. like as if your life is a book and you go in the very end and it's like the devil is defeated he goes to hell type of thing you know the ending we might not know the beginning or anything or the middle of it but it's like this is just we at least know the end we at least know like okay i'm good i can read this book now i can live my life knowing he doesn't win at the end no matter what happens no matter yeah no matter what's sent no matter what comes my way he still doesn't win right you know, it's like even with, you know, our dad dying, the de- the devil did not win in right. that because death, where is your sting? Because we know this, he went to heaven yeah. and he, and we will be reunited and I'll actually live in heaven with him longer than I ever would have had here on earth. Exactly. I get, and I am in no way, listen, that was hard to walk through. That's yeah. why um, I'm actually, we're going to do a podcast on grief grief, where we're actually going to have our mom on right. just to share kind of what we walked through. Cause I don't think a lot of people talk about grief, but the way that I was able to not allow grief to have a hold on me that stuck was because I knew the end result was he was still alive. Right. The end result was my days of of being with him and hugging him, hearing him laugh were not over. It was funny because one time your daughter said, um, Jaylee, she was like, we were talking about my dad passing away, but she was like, he's not really dead because he's in heaven. And yes. that's like her view of it, yes. which I love. I'm like, that's oh. such a simple view of like, yes. he's not really dead. Yes. He's still exactly. there type yes. of thing. And I think it's understanding the kingdom perspective 
understanding the enemy's not going to ever stop, but at the same time, he's already lost. Right. You know, I just, I, uh, so I, hope, this, I, yeah, I hope this episode helped. We've ended like five times. I know. Like, I'm so sorry. I know. This. I know. That's the evangelist in me. Oh yeah. What it, my husband the other day was preaching. He's like, who will give me five more minutes? And then people raise their hand. He's like, five, 10, 15. And I'm I literally like, was shouting at people like, put your hand down. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. That is such an old school it evangelist is. joke. I'm just telling you, they've been doing it, but it's okay. But it was new to people here, so it was good. Well, hey, before we get off, I need you to remember this. No matter what, your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks.